Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. I'm Melissa Edgington. Well, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. It's been a really good day. We've had uh, a lot of driving going on. Yes. But now everything is settled down here in the house. The kids are asleep. It's Tuesday night. The kids are in bed. They're in bed. You don't think they're asleep? I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah, Emerald's not calling. Sure. Emerald's going to call out any moment now. <sighs> Possibly. Mama. <laughs> Mama. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> Mama. I need a cough drop. <laughs> or whatever. That's her latest thing. Yeah. Is she has started during evening prayers. She clears her throat through the entire uh. prayer. Just to let you know. So that I will be prepared yeah. for the fact that she needs she a really cough She really needs drop. some medicine. I yeah. said, is that candy in your mouth? When I went in there, she said, no, it's medicine. Yeah. And she told me to quit. She told me to quit thinking about Cat in the Hat. Yeah, she does. She's not a fan of Cat in the she Hat. She does not like that she's Cat in the Hat. She's scared of the Cat in the Hat. Yeah. Does not like him one bit. And she doesn't like it when you plant these ideas in her head at bedtime of things she's yeah. afraid of. So How did you mention the Cat in the Hat? When she you... mentioned it. Oh. And then she thought I was acting she like him. Told, she I'm said, not acting oh, like Cat in the she hat. told me you reminded her of the Cat in the Hat. Yeah, so you yeah. must have done something. I that... didn't, but it was totally unintentional. <laughs> I just give off a cat in the hat vibe sometimes <laughs> i think it's because my voice is low then the cat in the hat have a low voice sometimes yeah yeah anyway that's interesting though that she thinks you have cat in the hat qualities yeah i kind of you're do. just being a dad i kind of do <laughs> anyway that was fun so uh we're got we got the countdown going on here in alney how many days of school left um Let's see. It is eleven. Is that right? Is that right? Eleven days of school. Okay. I don't. I'm not. I'm not counting down, but I know the kids really are. Alney is getting out of school early this year. It's It's weird. Amazing. I I uh I like when school's in session. I know you do. Because it's the it's the routine. You know, it makes me get up and get to work early and. Now that's not really what it is. What it is. Is that dads don't dads want school to be in because they don't want to be the only ones that have to get up and go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's probably more what it is. It's just so much more fun at home whenever there's just a party going on all the time. Yeah, you know, just people laying around in their PJs. It's uh, till it's three awesome. in the afternoon. I love it. Yeah, and course, in the summer, I really can get the chores going. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. Well, that's good. During school, there's no time yeah, for the kids true. to do their chores. So that's true. Helps the mama out. Well, we, I, got, I have big plans for the summer, so it's going to be fun. So last week we talked about how it was our 30th podcast, mm-hmm. and we asked if anybody had listened to all 30 of our podcasts. And guess how many people said they've listened to all 30? Zero. Wrong. Two. Two people. You know, it's funny because I've been sitting here for all 30 of them. And I would say I haven't even heard all 30 of them. <laughs> That's probably true. That's the power of a man to t- tune things out. You know, I read today that women need more sleep than men mm-hmm. because women have multitasking brains. Okay. And so their brains need more rest than men. Huh. Amazing. So who are these... So two people have uh, done it? Two people. Okay, who are those? Has well, One of them has to be your mom. Well, my mom did not chime in and say she's listening to all 30, mm. so I'm not sure. I think she listens to them, Yeah. but I'm not, not sure if she's got all 30. I don't think my mom's listened to all 30 either. I think they get a little behind sometimes. They get behind. I haven't, yeah. I haven't listened to all of them. Yeah. Because I don't think they're very interesting that kind of comment no they don't say that yeah so who are the two people okay so one of them is the fabulous jill Jill edgington Edgington, Mm -hmm. our sister-in-law thank you jill thank you jill thank you for listening to this nonsense for about at least probably 20 hours i mean we we've probably not even spent that much time together in the last 15 years 
she know? feels like she knows us so yeah. much better she's because like she totally listens, clued into our lives she listens to us blather on yeah, on the podcast that's nice. and the other person is a sweet woman named mary waterloo hi mary waterloo who has listened to all 30 podcasts mm-hmm. she said she enjoys the way we interact well that's nice that's what she said. I enjoy the way we interact when we kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and I like talking to you, too. Emerald told me yeah. she's never getting married because yeah. she not because kissing is gross. Not kissing. And she's never having babies mm-hmm. because nobody's going to cut her stomach open. That's what she said. That's what they all say, though. And they happen. It keeps happening. They keep I having don't know. Babies. Where, where did she get the idea that you have to get your stomach cut open? I don't know. I guess in her mind, that's the only yeah, way to I mean, get a baby out. How else would you out? get a baby out? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, thank you. Is it Mary Waterloo? Mary, yeah. Mary Waterloo. Thank and you. And Jill. And Mary commented that on the last podcast, which had some audio issues, I messed, I did something weird to try to make Jackson louder. and it Because Jackson was our guest for the 30th podcast. And somehow in do, messing with the audio, uh, I distorted the intro but Mary commented that the outro was was good because I turned it down a little bit. So Mary, just for you, I'm going to turn it down again because yeah. that she was, had to get up from whatever she was doing and run and turn down the computer. When the that outro music actually comes from a band that I've played some shows with, it, it's David Deweese and Jerry James have a band that's the two of them. It's a project called the Foxy Morons. And I, th- I like to think of myself as a foxy moron. And I'm actually, <laughs> I've actually played with the foxy morons when they've needed a bass player uh, to, to fill in. Because uh, it's just two guys, so if they do a full band, they have to pick up you know, some of their pals to help them make the music. So that's always been one of the great honors of my life is to play in the foxy morons. You're so an honorary foxy I'm an honorary moron. foxy moron every like five years or something. So they've got the outro music, but we'll turn that down because I, those guys are abrasive. Um, you know, at the end of the podcast and in real life. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they don't listen, I'm sure. I can't imagine Jerry listening to this, but... No, can't yeah, either. He might. Jerry's way too cool. Oh, you know, speaking of the podcast, just to sort of talk about it, which you should never probably podcast about your own podcast, right? It's like some Christian songs. Like, there seemed to be a while there where all the Christian songs were just about singing Christian songs, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like every every Christian song is like I could sing of your love forever. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you're singing about singing about, you know. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, but there's a, but there's quite a bit of Christian hymnody and even popular songs that are about that. There's How a can I keep from singing? Yeah, there's within my heart. Yeah, they just whisper sweet and low. Yeah, yeah. So. There's something in the in the Andy walks with me and and the let's see and the song is there something is it talk about a song in that one and the melody that he gives to me within my heart is singing uh, yeah, yeah something yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. Something, something along those lines anyway there's so so I guess there is some precedent for it at least in hymns to talk to pot to podcast about your podcast but we um, what what where are you going with this well that we that Adelaide as our twelve year old had never heard the podcast. Yeah, which I felt bad for her in that in that regard, because she was wanted to know what it was like, and then I felt bad for her having to play it for her. <laughs> well, you know, she our children don't have any access to the internet unless we're showing them something, right. you know. And so, some of her friends y'all who, are just so. I mean, you know, you cannot protect them from everything, Melissa. <laughs> some of her friends, unless I'm serious, <laughs> you guys are fighting a losing battle because they're gonna hear it and they're gonna say it. <laughs> And so it's better just to give them a load of pornography and just let them deal with it. And at least that way, you're the one that gave it to them. So you should just give them an iPhone, let them have unfettered access to the internet, because you can't stop it. Yeah. You're living in la-la land. You're like an ostrich with your head in the sand. What do you say to that? <laughs> hmm? Hmm? Don't, do not make me feel bad because I've given my kids... 100% access to all the pornography they want to look at. Do not make, do not judge me. My decision was my decision, not your decision. Are you judging me? Ooh, man. I think we know I'm a super judger. 
And a fun breaker. Yes. Yeah, you break all the, you know. Yeah, so. So anyway, the point I was making is her friends that have access to the internet, some of them have listened apparently to at least snippets of the podcast. With their parents or something. And they have mentioned things to her. And so she wanted to see what it was like. So we played it in the car. We were driving home the other day and we played it in the car and they seemed to be pretty entertained by it. No, they did. We got some. We got some, some genuine LOLs in uh, the, the back, coming from the back seat. They in were the minivan. Tr- truly laughing at us, and I thought that was nice. Um, Sawyer really the biggest kick. He, did you hear what he got the biggest kick out of? Mm-mm. It was this point. I, can, I don't know if I could replay it. Um, I might could replay it, but it, it would be so much work to try to do that. I don't want to do it. But I, yeah. but Jack, you said something to Jackson. Let's recreate it. You said, Jackson. Um, you're, we oh, all know oh, you're know, one of the, yeah, oh, you said, okay. what did you I say? Said, okay. I said, Jackson, we all know that you're one of the best people that we all know. Mm-hmm. And then Jackson said, oh, thanks, guys. But in the background, you could hear me saying, I don't feel that way. <laughs> 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 and I heard Sawyer, he just erupted and laughed. Did you hear daddy? Did you hear daddy? What did he say? I don't feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> but they loved, we, we played them the, the episode we did with the rap button. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they liked They love the rap button, which I got to say, I had not heard the rap button episode until then. And I had some pretty sick rhymes. <laughs> I'm just saying. They were, they were pretty good. I was like, man, I'm surprised the Beastie Boys aren't calling. But anyway. Um, you know, you're, just, you're just so impressed with yeah, yourself. Just in light of recent Southern you're Baptist. Just, act- you're precious. I'm just saying in light of Southern, recent Southern Baptist activities, we need to stop talking about rapping. Let's get back to the podcast. Okay. okay. Let's not get into that. <laughs> we will not get into that. Google so, it, though. Here is, so here's what, I, here's what I envisioned for this podcast. All right. So yesterday was May 1st, which is a big day in our lives because that's the day that Emerald Edgington was born. Amazing. And yesterday she turned five years old, which, mm. you know, it's one of those things where you know it's coming, you know your child's about to turn five, but when it comes, it's still kind of a shock. My baby's growing up. And I honestly shed some tears. She's getting big. The night before her birthday, because I just could not believe, I mean, because for us, it's a major milestone because... We have had a preschooler for the last 12 years. True that. We have had at least one Mm -hmm. for the last 12 years. So we've been in preschool mode for a long time. Mm -hmm. And now our littlest is five, and she's going to start kindergarten in the Mm -hmm. fall. All of them are wiping themselves. Can you believe it? Is that why you say that? Themselves. They're all wiping themselves. I'm sorry, man. Their I, selves? Yeah, their selves. Well, you, you've, I, you got, you've got some pronoun I'm problems. having some issues there. I knew I it when, know, it came out, I, I, when that came out of my mouth, I thought, that doesn't sound right, that they're wiping their selves. They're wiping <laughs> themselves. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, one thing today. I, I had an experience today. I felt like a Beverly Hillbilly. That we moved is, this this, a, is this a wiping story? No, because, it's a story. Okay, we moved this lady <laughs> from... Alney public housing to Wichita Falls public housing because it's going to be a better situation for her honestly she can get her GED and she said I, I haven't you know it's been 30 years since she should have gotten her GED in high school and she said I've been wanting to get that diploma for 30 years and she's going to go get it and she's going to, awesome. so some, some better opportunities for in Wichita which which uh, is good but she had some stuff here she said I came with one bag and and one box or something like that and she had you know, amass some things, a couch, a couple of chairs. Anyway, we we kind of had uh, Jan Simmons, greatest church secretary in the world, had reported to us that she had said, uh, Yolanda had said, I've got, you know, a chair, uh, two chairs and a mattress and five boxes. And so I thought in my mind, I'm just thinking little boxes. They were really big boxes. Mm. And so by the time we started loading everything onto the truck, um, we were piling it pretty high. <laughs> Did you put a rocking chair on top? By the well, there was chairs. There was chairs on it. And by the, we did not put her in the rocking chair to ride up there. But I mean, when we put that mattress over everything, it was it was nearly to the top of the, the cab, and we had the whole back seat filled up. And we went to the went over to the hardware store on Main Street, and had to buy another tie down uh, ratchet strap. And I, and I looked out there and I thought, oh my gosh, we're the Beverly Hillbillies. That's did exactly what we looked did like. Did all three of you sit in the front seat? We all had to sit in the front seat. Oh my goodness, that's <laughs> Just, hilarious. We were Beverly Hillbillies going up there. 
But I kept saying, we really need, like, none of us were redneck enough to make sure that we had it tied down well enough. Because, you know, when you're with true rednecks, they know how to tie stuff onto trucks yeah. where it's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. But, you know, everything made it up there. So maybe we proved a little bit of our redneck cred today. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, we got up there. It was the, I don't know if anybody's listening in Wichita Falls, but the public housing in Wichita Falls is really pleasant. It oh, was yeah? just a great, yeah, just a great vibe over there. So, and, and, the, and the public housing in Olney is nice, too. But really, I think um, that was a good situation, even though they probably thought as we rolled in, well, who are these hillbillies? <laughs> Mattress on, trying up on top. But we should have taken the trailer, but we should have taken the trailer. I see I'm having grammar problems because <laughs> I'm a hillbilly. Should have taken the trailer. Or should have taken that trailer, Granny. Jethro said it would all fit, though. <laughs> Legend or rumor or something has it that actually I am related to Donna Douglas. Somehow. Yeah. On my, who, on my dad's side. And she played um, Ellie, Mae, Ellie Clampett. Mae Clampett. Yeah. yeah. And she was also in uh, Elvis' movie, Frankie and Johnny. So, a little connection there. But, but, but that's why my grammar's so bad. But I'm just so glad. I'm proud that we have. I'm I'm proud that we have. Uh, all the kids are mature enough to, you know, they they can get themselves clean mostly, and uh, it well, is going to be still, weird moving. I still clean the little yeah, one. Yeah, we, I mean, but, I still bathe her. But moving forward, you know, things seem like they're going to get easier. It's just will be more like, you know, when you're little, when the kids are little, and your family's smaller. What you deal with is, is quite different was when they get a little bit older and they start rolling their eyes. Well, the, it's a different it's a different struggle. I think that we're kind of in a golden stage right here <clears throat> where all of the kids are fairly independent, but they are not really experiencing any freedom out in the world. Right. Except I, for going to school. I like that. So we're in this beautiful in-between phase. Yeah. Before we have to start worrying about all that mess. Yeah. So it's it's glorious. But here's what I was thinking for the podcast. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, Chad and I, we're, we, we will soon be celebrating 18 years of marriage. Really? Can you believe that? Oh, I've got to goodness. make sure I don't forget that day. We're I getting, mean, we're getting. I need to put a reminder in my phone. We're getting um, experienced. Yeah. We're seasoned now. We're seasoned. Um. Anyway, I thought it might be interesting to talk about. Okay, let me let me explain why I wanted to do this because the night before Emerald's birthday, whenever I was, you know, shedding a few tears over the whole experience, I thought to myself, every time that a milestone like this comes up with the kids, I remember something that's very important. I remember that this family situation that we have going on here is temporary. It's all about seasons, y'all. Seasons. It's temporary. And the truth is that these children are going to grow up. They're going to go out there. They're going to have their own lives. Babies making babies. And you and me are still going to be a family. You know? Yes. And... And once they're gone, you can help me with the yard. Okay. <laughs> I, I drove by and saw Bob and Lana McQuarrie outside their house today. And I said, Lana, can you tell Melissa to help me with the yard? Hey, I have tried to help with the yard. I'm just terrible at it. Anyway, she said. Remember that day I was weed eating? and the, well, Yeah, you're never going to weed eat again. Yeah, I was, I'm not but, good at it. Yeah, Lana said. Well, Lana was raking and sweeping and all that. And she said, once the babies are gone, she'll help you in the yard. So I was just saying, when that happens, according to Lana, we'll be working in the yard together. What else will we have to do? You know? Can mm-hmm. you imagine? I mean, it's going to be kind of sad when there's no kids. Okay, listen. We're not going there right okay, now. That's okay. not what I want to talk about. But we have so much fun together. Well, that's what I'm saying is no, that. you just said you weren't talking about that. I don't want to talk about the kids going away. I'm not even worried about the kids. Remember when we were on that trip and you said, I haven't really missed the, we were gone for a weekend or so oh, for the preaching conference. Yeah. You said, Oh, I haven't really even missed the kids until right now. And and it, we had been away from them for three days. And yeah. I said, I haven't even thought of them until right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, yeah. it's all seasons, about seasons. Yeah, but so I was thinking that I feel like that we did a few things that have helped us during those mm. this 12 years of preschoolness, which I think the the young years can be really trying on a marriage. Oh, so you're perfect now. No. So you know everything there is to know because your preschool kids survived it. <laughs> oh, well, now our kids are in kindergarten, so no one can judge her. That's so now she's going to tell us how to live. That's not what I'm saying. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> and, you know, you can say what you say, but you cannot make me perceive something that I want, don't want to perceive. <laughs> Seriously. Where, who do you think you are? Where do you get off? <laughs> Being a preschool expert. <laughs> oh, so she's got a podcast and a blog. Yes, everybody c- can be an expert. Okay, so the point of what I'm saying is that... Is that you really are not an expert. I'm not an expert in, at anything. Do you have a certificate in preschool <laughs> no. expertise? No, I'm not an expert in anything. Can I give you some... Can I, give, can I just take a moment to affirm you? You are a good mom. I mean, you're the best one I know. Thank you. I'm serious. <laughs> you have you have amazed me for 12 years with what I would call spectacular mothering. And Thank I'm not you. just saying that because it's on a microphone, but it helps. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, truly, I think people, I, I'm not just, listen, I've been watching her for 12 years. And yeah, you know, is she a perfect human being? No. And I mean, I could really tell you guys <laughs> some stories about that. Um, Melissa Edgington has many flaws. Um, Chad Edgington has many more. But I will say that when she's giving some advice on parenting, you know, I've learned a lot about parenting from her. And, um, you know, just how my intuitive way of dealing with things is always wrong. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, that's not. True. You ever seen that? You ever seen that uh, movie, Little Big Man, that Dustin Hoffman's in? A long time ago. It's been a long time. Well, you know what happens in that movie is I haven't seen it forever, but you know, basically Custer hires the Dustin Hoffman character. Uh, uh, General Custer hires the the character Little Big Man to be a scout, but he thinks that Little Big Man's going to tell him all the wrong stuff. So everything little big man tells him, he decides to to act in the opposite way that you should, given that information. That's kind of what I have to do with my brain and my heart. It's like intuitively, (laughs) when my heart's telling me to do something, I'm thinking, okay, that means do the opposite. (laughs) That's basically what happens. Like there's things I, even today, there were things I wanted to say. And and it's like part of me, the the part of me that's wising up after all these years was saying, when that thought comes to your brain. Just act like it doesn't exist. <laughs> Don't say it. And there was a couple things I wanted to say today, and given different situations, and I just didn't say them. That's and then there was like a, then us. there was like a lot of stuff I said that I shouldn't have said. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so where were we on this? Oh, so I was saying you you do have the cred. I'm going to give you, um, you know, from from at least whatever endorsement I can as. Uh, as an under shepherd uh, and in the church, um, I just want to say that uh, Melissa Edgington <laughs> has been a remarkable parent. Um, we have watched her grow and mature over these last 12 years as an, uh, just an exceptional parent. We love what she's done with the kids, and uh, we want her to mentor other moms. We think other moms that can just draw near to her, just hug up close to her, just hug her neck, and, and just listen and, and decide that you want to learn from a, from a Melissa Edgington because she's got a lot to offer even though she's a woman. So I think we're going to uh, just consider that a pastoral endorsement. And uh, uh, they're from typical Southern Baptist pastor. So, so typical Southern Baptist pastor says, you know, uh, Melissa, uh, if, if, they don't, if they don't get a blessing from you, their blesser is broke. <laughs> if Melissa Edgington's parenting advice does not light your fire, you know what? Your wood's wet. <laughs> you know, and I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, when I listen to her teach on parenting, it makes me too blessed to be depressed and too anointed 
to be disappointed. <laughs> Thank you so much. So let's go through these. So this is from the Edgingtons. What? How many do we have? Four or five? Maybe four. Four things. Four. These are these are things we thought of that have helped us kind of maintain our connection as a married couple, even in the midst of the craziness right. of having. So this is even kids. not even parenting advice as much as it's marriage advice. How to keep your marriage strong in in the season of preschool that we just came through. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I think I've got the premise. We survived <laughs> the season. <laughs> You know, we were the smart people that put the little things over the water hose or the water uh, spouts, spigots, whatever you call those, to keep them from freezing over during the winter season. And so we're going to give you our wisdom. So what's number one, Melissa? (laughs) Let us just share with you. So Share a little bit. This one is um, oddly controversial. Mm, Very controversial. But one thing that I must say that has been i mean i if i could i would advise all parents to do this except you can't because people get so mad at you furious but one rule we've always had in our house is that the children must stay in their beds they got to stay in the bed and that is a good rule y'all that is really helpful for a variety of reasons but one thing is, and the reason that I had to institute that rule is because for two things. Number one, I could not bear the thought of my kids up walking around at night yeah. when I was asleep. Yeah. That's scary it's, to me. Yeah, it's freaky. Yeah. Yeah. And secondly, I cannot sleep with a child in my bed. I no. just can't do it. Mm-mm. I've tried. It's horrible. I'm awake all night. I hate it. And I'm jump. You know, I hear noises and I jump up. Yeah. You know, I'm too jumpy. I, I need everybody to be where they're supposed to be at night in case there, there's a protection situation that needs to occur. Right. You know, because I've got all these crazy ideas of what how terrifying it would be to invade my house. Yeah. And you see this skinny uh, white dude and his whitey tidies flying at you. <laughs> You're going to run out of this house. <laughs> remember, remember when I used to have the oar? Yeah, I had the oar was a I good I had this weapon. long oar. I don't know what happened to that. What happened to the oar? Did you sell it at a garage sale? I think we lost it when we moved okay. here. I so the oar was by the bed, and I thought, you know, if you're looking in the bedroom, you can't, you, you can't see me, but I can see you. You're standing in the shadows. And, uh, and so I was going to take the oar and just... Jam it right in their throat. Jam it right in their throat. So, and there are other reasons that I think this is a good rule, but um, I think that what this does for you as a married couple is it gives you uninterrupted time when the kids are in bed where you can talk, you can hang out, and there's not always a kid walking into the room. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to keep getting up and putting them back in bed and all that mess. And our kids, we taught them that they were not allowed to get out of their beds until they asked permission in the morning. Mm -hmm. So even in the mornings, you know, now that our two older ones are older, they get up quietly and entertain themselves, you know, if we're not up yet. But they know that they can't get out of their beds until it's morning Mm -hmm. unless they need to get up and use the restroom. But, you know, we when they were younger, they would call us in the morning and say, can we get out of bed? Yeah. And, and that was permission. when we would give them permission. And it is Same just, with Emerald. She doesn't get out of bed yeah, until she... Emerald asks permission to get out of the bed. Now, I know there will be at least one person who says that is a terrible idea because what if there's a fire and your kids think they can't get out of bed? Mm-hmm. So just in case you're thinking that, we did um, talk to our kids about what to do if there's a fire. We have a fire safety plan. We've directed them on what to do, how to get out, where to go, and all that. They know that they don't need to wait for us in order to get out of a flaming house. Yeah, they're not so stupid, just in y'all. Case, just in case you're worried about that. They're not idiots. They're, they're pretty smart, right? But, Chad, what, what would you say is, is um, the best reason for keeping your kids in their beds? Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you just uh, you don't want kids in your bed because other stuff happens in the bed that's what i'm that's 
that's my best reason. <laughs> <laughs> and not just that reason, but other things. Oh, no, you know, basically you, that reason. That's the you, best reason. When you go to yeah. bed, I mean, when Chad and I go to bed at night, we sometimes that's some of the most meaningful conversation yeah. we have yeah. is when we lie down at night and we talk about our day or something that's been on our mind. And, it's you, just, you mean conversation like with air quotes? <laughs> conversation. <laughs> yeah. We talk love. This is the family podcast. Okay, okay, it's family okay. podcast. So. <laughs> I think, I think I honestly, it, it might not sound like that this rule would make a huge impact, but I think it has made a huge difference. That's a big deal. In what our bedtimes have been like in right. this house through all the preschool years, which it can be very trying. Yeah. So how, so the question is, how do you, so if you're, if you're a parent out there and you're thinking that does sound great, but I've gotten into the situation where these kids are running the house and they're getting up and crawling into the bed with me and they're scared. What, how do you, how do you teach them or train them to stay in their bed? Well, I don't. I mean, every, I don't know every because we, yeah, and we started. We started really early. Well, so. when we the first night that we put each of our kids in their big beds, you know, when they got out of a crib where they were able to get up, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were very, very stern yeah. in explaining to them what the consequences would be if they got out of their beds. And then um, if they got out, which we only had one that ever got out. Was it Emerald? Of course. Of course. Yeah. The third child. And she only did it once yeah. because we followed through with our um, with our consequence, you know, that we had laid out for her. And she never got out of her bed again. Yeah. So, anyway, it's just... You have to take it by case-by-case basis. And sometimes kids go through phases where they don't sleep in their own beds as well. And, you know, you have to use your own common sense. But I think as a general rule, <clears throat> it is really important to have your kids sleeping in their own beds. It's it's better for them and for you, in my opinion. Yeah. I know some of you will disagree with that. But um, it's good for kids to be independent, you know, in that way. And to know yeah. that they're big enough to sleep on their own. And that's that is... For the strength of your marriage, I mean, we, we all want to have very close families, but for the strength of your marriage and keeping that bond with the two of you, it's important that you at least can can cuddle at night. And don't, you know, I just love cuddling. We're just little cuddlers. And it's hard <laughs> to cuddle like that when you got a kid in there, you know, breaking wind and do whatever, whatever else they do. So just get the kids in the bed. That's uh, their own bed and just make it a rule. Follow through with your consequences. Establish a new pattern. Takes 30 days. You can do it. Uh, number two. Establishing a habit. A habit. Takes yeah, 30 yeah, days. yeah, 30 yeah, days. Yeah, but it does not take that long to train a child to sleep in their own bed. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. No. You can you can do it in a week I can or do less. it with just one look. <laughs> no, you didn't. Just get out of your bed. And, and I would also caution you, if one of you loves to have the kids in your bed and the other one doesn't, the one who loves it should really seriously consider your spouse's feelings on it mm-hmm. because I think it can breed a lot of bitterness mm-hmm. um, in a marriage if one spouse is constantly feeling like they're they're being ignored, yeah, you know, and their feelings are being ignored. It's, it can be very hurtful. Yeah. And I'll say this: that's probably the the rest of these, even just kind of looking at them. Are maybe not as have maybe not as been maybe they haven't been as important as this first one, yeah. the other ones. Like yeah. I think having the time we put them to bed and there's a finality to it. They're not going to get up until they till the morning and until we give them permission. That made, that's made and we're night owls, so I know not everybody's a night owl. But you know this is our time, mm-hmm. you know, and we have this time and we so we we like being you know together with our family but also we like being together with each other mm-hmm. and it's not something that we plan to do which leads us into the second one um uh i know a lot of tr- what would you call it, conventional wisdom mm-hmm. would say um it's really important to have date night yeah date night date night date night well people that say that don't pay babysitters people that say that maybe don't live in the same town without their grandparents or without their parents, the the kids' grandparents. They do live in the yeah, same they, town. Saying, yeah, they they yeah. do live in the same town. Yeah. So, um, what what's our second one here? 
So the second idea that we were talking about, which if you can go on a date, if you can go on a date, that's great. I would say if you if you can make it happen, we love going on. Yeah, we love it. We do love it. But, you know, we do not live in a town with grandparents. And, you know, if you're going to tack another thirty dollars on top of the cost of a date night, it's just to me, it kind of kills the fun of a date night (laughs) (laughs) to go in the hole, to go on a date night. Yeah, right. Um, and so we don't go on date nights that often. And I, I can honestly say that that has not been a detriment to our marriage. Now, I will give the caveat here that we are the type of couple that we hang out every night. And some couples don't do that. So yeah. if you have a hard time connecting with your spouse, you know, maybe it's more important. To intentionally but, put time aside to say, let's go on a date. Right. But um, in the Edgington School of Marriage, we teach people, you should hang out. You should be, like, you're the person I want to be with the most. When I'm yeah. not with you, then I'm sad. You know? It's true. That's really sweet. Yeah. If I go on a trip or something and you're not there, like that, that uh, mission trip I went on, and it was just like, you know, it breaks my heart. It's just not as fun. It's not. Life, not is, life is not as fun. If, if You know, because I know you and, I, and we, we're, we process things the same way because we've been together for so long. Yeah. So you want to try to develop that. So if, if you're if you're but if you're not hanging out, yes, you need to be intentional about hanging out because you're you're blowing it. Uh, <laughs> but if you but if you general, generally like to be together and enjoy each other's company, you know, you don't have to go on date nights all the time. But do things together, even if the kids are there. Yeah. You know, we we take the kids, and and it's important to, to have, a th- I think, one, one good bit of advice that we've, this is going to be a long podcast, so if you need to break it up, just break it up. Um, one good piece of advice I think you've given to people, we've given to people, is, um, you know, have something to do together that, that you enjoy, um, like a TV show. Uh, watch a show together. And that can be something you both look forward to doing. Yeah. Um, or sports together or, you know, maybe some people enjoy playing a game. I, one, of, one of my fun memories, remember the, the, the time whenever we were really into playing darts at night? Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Why have we never done that again? I don't know. We should. We got rid of the dartboard. Yeah, we should get another one. We <laughs> would go in the garage and play Emerald darts. Emerald was really little. Yeah. And we were, like, really into darts. <laughs> We had like the line, like measured out exactly, like yeah. where it's legal. To, that you have was to, fun. You we got pretty behind, good at darts. We had to stand behind the tow line. We were actually playing it, like we were in a pub somewhere. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah so uh, we played. I don't remember what you called that game, but it was like you started at three hundred or six hundred, and you had to subtract down mm. exactly. So Melissa was way better at darts than me, and she's better at bowling than I am too. That's more not consi- true. Well, you're just more consistent, but. Uh, we like to watch some TV shows. We just finished a really cool show called Manor House that was on the... the Basically, all we watch is BBC. Yeah, we watch BBC or, costume um, dramas. Shows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Soap operas. But uh, I think that's that, that's really important to do. Just have something that you do together that you can look forward to. Yeah, know. because, you know, it's... it's you, you should never underestimate the importance of having inside jokes with your spouse and having... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, little, little things that only the two of you know about where when something happens in a room, you can look at each other and crack up and nobody knows why. Like every time you see an Eddie Bauer backpack. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, having a show or something like that, that you do together or a podcast or a podcast, (laughs) it can, it can create those kind of moments, you know? Yeah. So anyway, it was fun when we when we played Adelaide the podcast, and she said, "I said, well, is that what you thought it would be?" Or maybe you asked her that. What is this? What you thought it would be? And she said, "Yeah, it just sounds like when we're sitting around the table." I loved it that she said that. I know. That made me so happy. That kid just (laughs) love her. (laughs) Who made her so thoughtful? (laughs) Hugs, smile. (laughs) Gosh, she is so cool. She is. she is a cool one. A cool so kitty. anyway, our point is not we're not anti date night, but if you're just in a phase of life where date nights are not a real possibility or it's you know money wise it's not possible, just create your own 
atmosphere at home where it feels like that you're getting date nights. Yeah. And you're looking forward to it. Every night yeah. you're saying, hey, you know, once, when, once the kids are in bed, once this podcast is done, we're going to get a big bowl of bluebell, sit on the couch and watch, you know, um, Manor House. Now it's over. I know. We're going to have we to get find new something new. But, you know, that and that sounds so silly, but it's something that you are I... are so silly. <laughs> it's something... Melissa, quit being so silly. It's, ridiculous it's something that we genuinely look forward to in fact we won't even get a bowl of ice cream like we have to get it at the same yeah. time we yeah. wait and s- are you ready for ice cream are you ready You're making me look stupid stop it <laughs> don't tell them that i can't get ice cream without you <laughs> makes me look ridiculous <laughs> are you getting ice cream are you getting it? you're not getting ice cream right now are you well, well we got ice cream together what are you doing <laughs> That's, that's actually that's exactly, that's exactly what, what we say. But you're not getting ice cream ready, are you? I'm not ready yet. I think it's got to be just right. Uh, that's like Miss Brill eating her almond. <laughs> <laughs> so the, I so so you know the impracticality sometimes of date night when you have young kids leads right into our next um, idea, which is that we we basically take our kids everywhere we go and mm-hmm. if you're going to do that then it's important that to, to make sure they're dressed cool <laughs> well <laughs> not really when we can yeah when we can um but it's important to make it your goal to get to a point where you can take your kids any mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. and you don't have to worry about if they're going to be able to behave in that place. So this is another lesson Melissa has taught me, is that one of the things that you want to achieve, and I'm sure she learned this from her mother, uh, one of the things, because I think you should give credit where it's due. My mother is an is this, excellent Is this something mother. your mom taught you, that you want to have kids that are likable? Yes. Okay, so you, this is from the great mother, um, Michaelin Clark. And Mrs. Clark, taught Melissa and Melissa's uh, repeated the mantra many times is that you want your kids to be likable. You don't want people to see your children coming down the hall and think, Oh gosh, that, so one of your main objectives as a parent is to raise kids that, that don't evoke that sort of response from people. And that's your job, mom. That's your job, dad. It's hard, but you can do it. And it's true. When they're in that preschool phase, I mean, they can be a holy terror. There, There is a phase of childhood, of young, young childhood, when you really can't go anywhere. Yeah. So now that's a, that's a thing. You want to think about how Melissa said it. You want to get to the point where you can take your children everywhere. Right. But that's not that mm-hmm. that there's a there is. What would you say? Maybe that is somewhere around two ish. Maybe yeah. even a little before. Yeah. There's a, there's a there's sort of like the phase where they're in the car seat thing that you can pull out of the car seat with the handle on it, the carrier. They're yeah. in the carrier phase, and they're they're pretty okay in the carrier phase. Like you can take them to a restaurant. They're not going to bother people because they just kind of look around at things. But then there comes a point where you sit them in a chair or a, a high chair, and they want to get out. And then they then they're not happy when you're holding them. And they want to get on the floor. And they want to run all around. And they're screaming. And and they're making you a nervous wreck because you're thinking, all these people are looking at me and they came here for a nice time and I'm ruining their time. And if you don't think that, you should. That just shows that you're being selfish. So you should have a mind for what other people are thinking around <laughs> Gosh, you. Gosh, Dad. I'm just telling you, this is good parenting advice. <laughs> that was harsh. Well, I'm just saying. I just I notice people <clears throat> who think that the world is charmed by their parenting. We're not. Nobody is. Look. Your mother probably thinks it's awesome that you've got the kid at um, Bennigan's or Chili's or something. But everybody else there, they have kids too. They've already done it. They're not impressed with it. They don't care about how awesome the, your kid's middle name is. So you don't have to call them by their first and their middle name when they're in trouble. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's ridiculous. So and the kids, it's like, like they okay. answer to what they're normally called. Okay. You know you know that voice that... That tells me to quit talking? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. Now, now I'm, I'm unloading it. But, okay. Well, what he's trying to say is that... Just don't when, be ridiculous. When... when <laughs> When you're in the phase with one of your children where you honestly can't take them anywhere, don't take them don't anywhere. Don't take them. Yeah. 
train them at home. They got this thing called the drive-through. And there utilize are, it. Listen, there are times when you have to take them somewhere. We've all been there, and it's just so stressful, and you're sweating, and it's just one. It's not worth it. You know, you don't enjoy yourself, but there are things you have to go to. But if you don't have to go yeah. out to dinner whenever you have a two-year-old, then keep them home. Train them there. Teach them how to stay in the high chair. You know, teach them that at dinner time we do this. And Go get you a box of chicken strips and eat it at home with your I friends. I promise you, know? you that in, in our experience, if you put the work in, from the get-go, if you put the work in, it pays off big time. And let me just add, Melissa did the work, and I just watched. So I, I'm, I'm really just saying this is what I saw her doing, and it worked because I'm really not some great parent. But she's right. If you lay the groundwork the right way, the kids will respond to it. Right. And, you know, I'm not in any way trying to insinuate that our kids – have been perfect or have um <laughs> oh, no have awesomely responded to all of these things that we've tried but i do feel that you know we came to a point with all of our kids um fairly early in the preschool experience where we could confidently take them places and know that they were going to behave the way we wanted them to and that was simply just from putting in the time at home you know and um trying to teach them how to be likable as chad said and how to be kids that people don't mind having around right and i think that it is so much better for you as a family if you know we're talking in terms of marriage it is very miserable when you have a child who is unpredictable and who is um, who is not trained to behave in public. Yeah, it's very unpleasant for everyone. It's yeah. very stressful, and it brings out the worst in everybody. Yeah. And I think some people just sort of have this idea, and I mean, I don't know. Maybe they don't have this idea, but it seems to me that they they are just as surprised as everybody else about how their kids are behaving. You know, they get in a situation and they're like. They should not be acting like this. But if you, unless you train them, unless you show them how to act, then you don't. They are unpredictable. You don't know what they're going to do. But even then, you know, they still will act in unpredictable ways. And believe me, whenever other parents are seeing you in that situation in a restaurant, all that we're all thinking is, "Gall dang, I have been there." Yeah, and I am so glad that that is not me right now because I've been through it. So, um, well, I do, I do. I, then after I think that, I think, why did y'all even attempt this? You know, but sometimes you have to. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes you don't have a choice. And, and sometimes you just want to go to a restaurant. That's okay. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. But I'm just saying. Melissa, thanks for bringing the grace. I'm just saying that. But, but, but let me say why, why I'm so mad about it, though, is I think people generally do err on the other side, though. I, I think, think they try to, to do too much with a little one. There is. You agree or disagree? I, I would agree with you, and I also think that in certain in certain segments of parenting society, there are people who feel entitled to um, their children behaving however they feel like behaving, yeah. and if you've got a problem with it, it's your problem. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that is very unhealthy for our society and certainly very unhealthy for their family. And it's raising a child who is being set up to be unsuccessful in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in those situations where you get your kids in a, a, a restaurant or a social situation and they do behave badly, the one thing that you know and the one thing they know is that there's going to be a consequence. And you, at the, as long as you'll follow through with your consequences, you won't have that many experiences like that. Right. I could truly say we have not. I mean, you've... You've even blo- you've blogged about a few, you know, whenever you take the baby to the Walmart and you said, we're, we're, if you keep acting like this, we're leaving. And the, was, was it Adelaide? Mm-hmm. And she was little. This is what, this has been like, what, eight or nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And you said, we're leaving. And sure enough, right? You just picked her up and. It was hard to do, but I, on more than one occasion, left a full cart of groceries. Yeah, which I would out. say. So, what did you do with the groceries? Did I, you say? I went to an employee and I said, "I'm so very sorry, but I'm going to have to leave with this child." 
mm-hmm. what would you have me do with these groceries? And every time, I, I think I did it twice. Uh-huh. And the employees were so kind to me. And like, they we'll said, you do not worry about it. Yeah. You take care of that. And we will take care of this. Yeah. So we're not saying leave the food to spoil. No. But, but find an employee, explain the situation. But you're following through. You told the kid, do you want to leave? Do you want to leave? No, no. Well, if you never actually leave, they think you're bluffing. Right. And once you teach them that you're not bluffing, they get the they get the picture really quick. Right. And so, you know, you've just got to follow through with that. I would recommend any teaching you could get on Richard uh, from Richard Ross about parenting. Oh my goodness, life changing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, life changing. And then and the Kevin Lehman stuff is good too. If you can get a hold of that, your pastor may have a, a series on that. You could video series or something you'd watch. Uh, if you're if you if you want some parenting tips. Um, Shoot an email to Melissa, and we can we can sign you up for Right Now Media, which uh, is a, a video teaching sort of thing. And we we have permission to to sign as many people up as we want from the company. Yeah, so if you amazing. if you want that, I'll sign you up for it. Um, and I think you'll get get some wisdom from from the different teaching on Right Now Media. Yes, yeah, just email me through my website if you would like access yeah. to that. Well, we want to help you. We want to help you <clears throat> however we can if you feel like you're struggling this area because I feel like I've been kind of. I feel like I've been kind of just a little bit judgmental. What do you think? <laughs> Have I been a little bit judgmental today? In this yeah, podcast? just I feel like I've been a little harsh. I, I wanna I wanna make sure people know there's, you know, there's we all know what it's like to feel like you've you're you're letting your kids down or your wife down or something like that in the way you're you're handling things, and we should you should not feel that way. We should all. You know, feel like we can get better and, and know that there's grace. And there are really, there are really good resources out there to help yeah. you if you're struggling. But the way I would say that this, that this point relates to your marriage is that in this way, because we've been able to take our kids everywhere, we haven't had to miss out on a lot of things as a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have still, you know, we still have gone to dinner a lot and everything. We just happen to have our kids along. Yeah. And it's been a pleasant experience. Yeah. So let's move to the very last one, which this one will be shorter, I think, because um, this is just, you know, basic parenting 101. If you're a Christian and you're a church attender, use the church nursery. Do not miss your chance to take advantage of that amazing ministry for a lot of reasons. First of all, because it's important from the very beginning of your kid's life in church for them to enjoy going to church, for them to have a place to go. You know, they have a place that is designed for them. That's a pleasant environment for them. And it is so good for you, mamas and daddies, to have that little break, especially when you have infants, to have that little break of loving people who are taking care of your baby while you go and worship. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And to be able to go to a Sunday school class, to be, you know, with people your own age, and for for just that little bit of time, to not have to worry about, you know, someone else is just taking the the load from you for just a little bit, giving you a little break, and and that's good to be able to go do something as a couple, even in the really in the those times whenever you're just saddled with so many kids, to um, or with kids at a certain age and their needs to be able to go to a class or to go to worship together without having to wrestle a baby or, right. a, or, or one that's little, you know, and I think there's a lot, I really am wanting to talk more at some point about, um, you need a cough drop? I'm sorry. Yeah. What's up, Ben Roll? <laughs> I'm giving you a hint that <laughs> I like, need. I need some medicine, <laughs> but I, I would like to talk some, at what point are the kids old enough to be in church and, um, you know, do we... Should we have them in there when they're younger? All those things, but whenever they're three or two or three, I mean it's 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 tough to to keep a two or three year old engaged during an, a whole hour and fifteen minutes of worship as as long as that's how long our services are. Uh, when, except when I get when I get the Holy Ghost, though they <laughs> they go an extra five minutes, and you never saw a more painful five minutes on a congregation's face. No, they listen well, um, but I, th- I think it's important to be able to go to church together and to and to be able to learn together and worship together in that way and maybe even with your older children who are in there to get some of your attention and to model a a, you know passionate worship for them so i think that's um 
I think those are those are four good things. I think, and I'll not just use the nursery, but make use of all those little perks that come along with being part of the body of Christ. Because there's a lot of ministries to parents and people with preschoolers. Yeah. And take advantage of those things where there are people that want to help you through this and and understand. Yeah, you know, there these. Uh, um, these kids are at this particular age and, and she's feeling overwhelmed. Let someone, let someone help you there. Yeah. You know, don't have a pride thing about it. So. And don't, don't un- underestimate the power in your marriage of having a, a worship experience together in church mm-hmm. where you're not so distracted by a very young child um, that you can't focus that the the nursery is designed, you know, usually the people who are in the nursery are people who are kind of out of that phase mm-hmm. of the little little bittiness, you know. Mm-hmm. And they want to love on your kiddos so you can go and focus just for that hour or two hours that you're in worship. And it's important for your family, it's important for you as a parent. Yeah. I think that's good. So I think we approach this the situation with lots of grace. For we we do all understand that kids can you know don't always do exactly what they're supposed to do. On the other hand, you know we we've got to be you've got to be proactive as a parent to bring about those sorts of behaviors. You know and to set consequences and give rewards for the good behavior and consequences for the bad behavior. Um, and, you know, you've got to do that as well. You're just – good kids just don't materialize. Right. In most cases, they don't. So I, I enjoyed the – enjoyed your four parent. I think that's good. And what we haven't addressed um, in this podcast that maybe we could at a later time is um, there's so much more to training your children than to – than teaching them certain actions to take or not to take. Right. You have to incorporate an understanding of the heart issues behind all of this. Mm-hmm. It's very important, you know, yeah. in a Christian home. So that's something we can probably address. So you're at transitioning. A later time. You're transitioning, even as they get older, into thinking more along those lines. But when they're really little bitty, you know, a lot of it does come down to don't do that. You know, and that that's, keep, that's safe for them. That's true, so. but there's still a why behind it, even when yeah. they're little bitty. Yeah. So we can talk about that another time. That can be another podcast topic. So I've got one more thing I want to talk about. Um. So you know we've we've you know what what's our theme? Open. Our theme is open. <laughs> I don't know why we have to say it that way. Open. It feels very serious. Yeah. Open. Be very serious right now. <laughs> Anyway, well, you know, I've I've felt, um, you know, I think I was sharing with you last night. You know, sometimes you just feel discouraged. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sometimes you can't even place your your finger on exactly what gives you a kind of a sense of melancholy. But I've felt that way recently. Um, I don't know, and I can't really, I, I really don't understand it. Other than sometimes I think in the ministry, and and I don't think it's exclusive to the ministry but you you know you feel something is a struggle maybe maybe you feel misunderstood maybe you feel like you're not doing a good job I think I had a lot of those feelings rolled up and um and just kind of had a headache for two days I don't know if I was stressing myself out or just worrying and um you know of course I think the enemy attacks us these ways and so um just felt discouraged, even where I think you were concerned about me this morning, right? You were praying for me. I was like, okay. And I just was discouraged. And I don't exactly know why, but um, but just a few different things. And so um, I had made the statement the other day, and we're riding in the car, listening to Keith Green's song, and I said, you know, I, I can't wait to meet him in heaven, right? Yeah. And, and then I kind of felt guilty about that because I thought, well, I don't even – like, I never th- say that about Jesus. I don't say, oh, I can't wait to meet Jesus in heaven, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and Keith Green is a, a singer from the 70s and early 80s, mm-hmm. late 70s, early 80s, Christian singer. You can look him up on YouTube or something, and just really an incredible story. Well, um, 
I was thinking about how my heart sometimes, you know, your heart feels cold towards the Lord or you, you don't really feel. I was thinking, gosh, I, I, I am thinking so right now cerebrally about the scripture and preaching and, and everything, you know, everything seems to be, am I, am I following the right formula? Am I, am I really mining from scripture all the truth that the people need? You know, and I've been teaching through a hard passage in First Timothy chapter two that's been really difficult because in the in it's the passage that's talking about women and, and their behavior, you know, <clears throat> the way they should dress and wh- whether they should speak in church. So many different um, interpretations of it that you, you, it's hard when you're preaching up there. You're, you're you're thinking, I hope I hope this is right, you know. And so I don't know. So all this kind of wound up being, you know, kind of wind up with me being discouraged about some things. So as I was uh, getting ready for work today and it was a neat day, we moved Yolanda up there and, and I was thinking how my heart was, uh, I want my heart to be in love with God, not just my mind, you know. And so I got a text message from Jake today who goes to our church and he, he texted me one line of a Keith Green song. He said, um, how can you be so dead when you've been so well fed? It's from the song Sleep in the Light. So I texted him back. The rest of the song, the line says, uh, you know, the world is sleeping in the dark, but the church just can't fight because it's asleep in the light. So then we kind of, on text message, went back and forth about Keith Green. He was like, you know, when, he, when I was in high school, it had been 10 years since the plane crash that killed Keith Green and his children, a couple of his children. And, you know, they reissued the box set and pe- we'd be listening to it and kids would come up and, you know, this is like when Nirvana is popular and they're like, what are you listening to, disco? <laughs> they're like, no, this is great. You should hear this music. It's so passionate. And I was telling Jake how when my heart gets cold, sometimes when I listen to Keith Green music, it softens my heart and it makes me realize the kind of that first love, the, when I, the joy I had as a younger man when it felt it truly did seem like Christ was enough. Yeah. Um, so, so I told, told him how, you know, I listened to him when that's kind of my go-to, you know, when I, when I start to feel that way. So I've been listening to some (laughs) Keith Green. I listened when I was cutting the yard yesterday, I listened to Keith Green for a while, just kind of thinking through those things. And, uh, so today after we moved to Yolanda, we were up in Wichita Falls and there was a minister's meeting of a group that I'm uh, uh, g- grateful that they've included me in called the Brazos River um, Ministry Association. And they were going to meet it in Graham. And so we're about an hour and 20 minutes away. And I thought, oh, this has taken so long to move all of her stuff out. So we started driving to Graham. Our min- youth minister, CJ, went with me. And we got down there just in time. They, we had, they hadn't even started eating. So it's perfect timing. So even though I thought the ministry that we were doing up there, moving the woman, was going to kind of cut into this, it didn't affect it at all. And so we sat out. It was a beautiful day in the wind and sat with these really awesome brothers that are pastors talking about, you know, our ministries and encouraging one another and praying. Uh, just amazing. So um, one of the guys that was there was from Denton. And... Uh, he was a pastor at a church in Denton, and he, he, they, he, he introduced himself. He had never been there, neither had I. And he, this was his first time at the, at the association. He's, he said he was a biographer of Leonard Ravenhill. And so I, I said, well, I raised my hand. I said, did you know uh, Ravenhill personally? You know, Leonard Ravenhill's a famous pastor. Um, uh, I'm not sure exactly when he died, probably a decade or, or more ago. Uh, maybe even in the 90s. Um, so he said, yes, I did know him personally. I, I used to go to his prayer meetings on Friday nights, which were in Lindell, Texas. And so I, I, I thought, hmm. And so after we had had our group discussion, whenever the meeting was over, I went over and I said, did you know Keith? <laughs> and uh, he was, yeah, I knew Keith Green. And he, he talked to me about Keith Green and told me what he was like. And, and so it was a strange thing because I had said, I would like to meet Keith Green in heaven, you know. And then the way that the Spirit worked it out was that I was able to meet one of his friends today. Mm-hmm. And just so at the time, I think whenever my heart, when, when I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, 
you know, hey, remember that this is, it's a difference, as I said, Sunday school, it's a difference between working with a, working with a person and reading their resume. Like, we don't just want to know all about Jesus's resume. Mm-hmm. We want to know him. Mm-hmm. We want, you know, there's a difference between seeing the resume and working with the person. We want to, we want to work with him. And so I think maybe as I'm interpreting this and, you know, it's just too weird to be coincidental. So I always think it's kind of a Holy Spirit, you know, uh, designed moment where when you're feeling discouraged, there's this little encouragement of, you know, that he was able to tell me, you know, just that or, or show me that just this guy had this connection with Keith Green, with Leonard Ravenhill. And he was at this meeting today. You know, yeah, he went to prayer meetings with Leonard Ravenhill, and he was there when Keith Green was leading the music at the Friday night prayer meeting. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Today, that same guy was in the same meeting where I was, and it was encouraging to me. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of a a confirmation saying, keep going. Don't don't get down. Keep keep pressing ahead with whatever it is the Lord's called you to do, Mm -hmm. you know? So I thought that was just remarkable. There's no doubt that was Holy Spirit moment. And so I had cool. and I prayed for you last night and all morning that you would get some encouragement. Yeah, that God so, would send you so some good. encouragement. So good. I mean, the whole meeting was just incredible. So your your entire tone was different after that meeting was over. Yeah. 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 It really. Your countenance it, had changed. My countenance. Did I have the Shekinah glory? <laughs> <laughs> I busted out the Shekinah. <laughs> I came back from Graham and my face was shining. <laughs> But I just thought that's just crazy. That's amazing. But that's how the Lord does, you know, just when just a little thing to kind of show you and to, to meet and just to befriend him. Yeah. He's a just a phenomenal person that that uh, and pastor that gave us such good insight. You know, it's almost one of those deals where it was a bunch of us young guys and he was clearly the oldest guy there. Yeah. Um and yet his his love for us and his wisdom showed this guy knows this guy knows Jesus. Mm. And so it was really Awesome to 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 meet him, and his name is Mac Tomlinson. If you wanted to look look him up, and he wrote a book about Leonard Ravenhill, uh, as pastor in Denton of Pro- Providence Chapel, I think is the name of the church. So anyway, it was really a, a pleasure to meet him today, and uh, and I know CJ and I were both really blessed by that. Well, we've gone way over time, but I told this you it was our longest be podcast, longest ever. podcast ever, number thirty one. So, you guys think you're experts on? children but you don't know how to keep it short on your podcast <laughs> uh, i want to reiterate that we do not think we're experts on children <laughs> no we're not experts on children as but, soon as you start thinking that then one of your children does something crazy but we did get them all we all we got them all uh, through uh, years one through four so we've re- at least we made it high five we made it there like there's no more of that you know so yeah. but it, it is hard there's nothing easy about parenting um, but we can't, but you can make it harder on yourself. And I think that's the thing I've learned from Melissa about parenting is if you'll just be consistent and you'll, and you'll just, you know, she's having to rein me in a lot, but if you'll just be consistent, if you'll just do what you say you're going to do, um, it, it does seem to work out a little bit better. So that's very practical, but then realize if you've made mistakes and when you do make mistakes, the wonderful things, our kids still love us. They still forgive us. Uh, when we ask them to forgive us, we can still start over the next day. And for like the first five years, they don't, you know, when when they're older, they won't remember a day of it. So I've always thought that was a tremendous grace God's given that kids don't remember. I have told myself that many times. Yeah, they're not going to remember this. Yeah. My, your biggest failures, they'll never even remember. Except, except it'll probably be like, oh yeah, I remember my very first memory was that day that mom went crazy and yelled at all of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, well, it's been good. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn down the the uh, Foxy Moron music, and we'll say bye bye. You Mary. Bye Mary from Water. Mary, Mary from Waterloo. Waterloo. No, Mary, Mary Waterloo. Waterloo. Mary Waterloo. Yeah. Bye Mary Waterloo. Bye Jill. Bye Jill Edgington. Thank you, our two <laughs> most loyal listeners. Bye. Bye.